0: So this is like Dwight Yoakam, Patti Loveless, Chris Stapleton, Loretta Lynn. This is where you're getting this real authentic country bluegrass roots of country music. And I didn't even know this existed like this. It was Loretta Lynn that pulled us to this area. But once you get there, there's a lot of country music, like legacy in the area.
1: Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. Today we're diving into the heart of country music, taking a journey to the rolling hills of Kentucky where the captivating story of a coal miner's daughter unfolds. We're heading to Butcher Holler, the humble beginnings of the one and only Loretta Lynn, a name synonymous with raw talent, authenticity, and a voice that echoes through the ages. In this episode, wow. we'll walk the hallowed halls of her childhood home, exploring the very roots that nurtured the seeds of her incredible career. From the struggles of growing up in the heart of Appalachia to her meteoric rise in the world of country music, Loretta's journey is as inspiring as the melodies she so beautifully crafted. Join us as we unravel the pages of history and trace the footsteps of a woman who not only conquered the charts, but also broke through barriers in a genre dominated by men. So grab your cowboy boots Dust off that old vinyl and get ready for toe-tapping, heartwarming journey through the life and times of the First Lady of Country Music.
0: I said, but I never did, you know I would. you know I would.
1: Now, Jen, you know it's pretty obvious who we're talking about today, and this was someone that I wasn't familiar with. But when you and I kind of went out to Western Virginia and uh, parts of Kentucky, Mm -hmm. this was like a must do for you.
0: Yeah, this is bucket list for me. Uh, I love country music. I grew up in Wyoming. And so a lot of country music was part of my childhood. And even though Loretta Lynn is not my era, she inspired a lot of people of my era and so if you were always gonna go back and be like who was the influence of Martina McBride, who was the influence of Patty Loveless, it's it's all goes back to Loretta Lynn. And so for me, this was a bucketless place to go.
1: Yeah. Now as I remember from making the video, and again, for for those listening, we actually went and visited her home in Kentucky.
0: Yes. Butcher, so her birthplace home. Her
1: birthplace home, Butcher Haller. And she kind of obviously she grew up there and then got her start eventually in the 50s. But let's start with visiting her home.
0: Sure. So we're in Eastern Kentucky. So this is kind of where Kentucky kind of jets off to a little point area where it's kind of cutting West Virginia and Western Virginia. And these are like the country road mountains of Appalachia.
1: There is no cell phone signal in those (laughs) hollers that we were at.
0: Yeah. So be prepared. If you're going to go, download your maps before you get there. Download your GPS because if you get lost, you can't. It's hard to figure out where you're at. And so a holler. So we get a lot of these questions. Hollow, holler. What's the difference?
1: Yeah. You say both on the video.
0: And because it is both. And these are these little notches in these mountains, and they call them hollows because they're little hollows between the mountains. Now, holler is the slang, and so it is both. You'll see, butcher hollow is the official name of the of the road or the area where she was from. But Holler is what people will call
1: it. And, and a lot of people, right, if I think if they're a Loretta Lynn fan or if they've ever looked this up on YouTube or anything, like they'll see the very famous rock, yeah, right? The, the rock kind of leading up to, to where her childhood home was. And it says on it, Butcher Holler.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the butchers were a family, a last name, And most hollers or hollows are named for something that identifies that area. So it could be a family from there. It could be like a river that's close by, a tree, a landmark. So that's how people kind of got their geographic area or knew their area, living in these back roads of the mountains of Appalachia.
1: Yeah. And I think even, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but her cousin, who was the tour guide at the house, he mentioned the storehouse, and he's, oh yeah, that that became, became known as storehouse hauler. So, like you said, it's it's either a river or a landmark or a family name, and I, that one just amused me because I was like, well, you know, might as well keep it simple, you know, storehouse hauler.
0: It does keep it simple because you have to think back then. People reading and writing wasn't really a norm, and so you had to really identify these places so people could find them just you know based by looking and and walking. So it's a one road entry. It's a one car entry. So be careful because it's hard to turn around. If another car is coming the opposite direction, you really, it's difficult for both of you to be on the road at the same time. These are very skinny roads. They're paved now. I imagine they were not paved in, in Loretta Lynn's time. And so people mostly walked them.
1: Yeah, or had a horse.
0: Or had a horse. And so again, you're in these little rural Back road areas of the mountains. So when we got up there, it's it's still basically hard to even drive. You have to park kind of at the bottom and then walk up. There's a couple spots up there, but our tour guide, who's her cousin, I, he warned us don't park up there because people will park behind you and then it becomes difficult to to get out. And so it's better. There's like a more of a bigger parking area down at the bottom. Park down there and then walk up.
1: And, and her her birthplace home is Butcher Holler is actually pretty easy to find. It's on Google Maps. Mm -hmm. You can find it quite easily. Mm -hmm. It's not difficult to get to. You just kind of have to be slightly prepared Yeah, and just be aware that, you know, you're going to be driving up there. You won't have a cell phone signal, most likely. At least we didn't. And as you're driving up there, kind of, you you don't have to drive all the way up to the top. You can. It's a little bit of a hill, but it's, I mean, it's pretty short but yeah it's it's definitely off in the in the back in the backwoods of Kentucky
0: so you you get your ticket at web grocery we didn't we paid cash at the door but just be prepared that it it, it is privately owned and operated by her cousin and so it's kind of like makeshift hours yeah what works for him And he says two times a day, usually like noon and three, but what works for him, because he's doing it on his own. And I think his son works at the grocery. So that kind of makes it so if you buy the ticket at the grocery, of course, his son would know that he's going to be up at the house or things like that. But even he said they kind of close from November to April because of the snow and the cold. So Butcher Holler is awesome and we sat on the front porch and we walked in it really does take you right back it looks like it did when loretta lynn grew up there now she's born in april of 1932 and so this they and she lives there until she's 15 so this is how it looked from like the 30s to the 50s there's no inside bathroom that doesn't look like there's inside water They have a well outside. They have an outhouse outside. It's basically four rooms on the bottom floor, and there's a loft where the boys slept. So when you think they had, I think it was eight kids. So the girls slept downstairs in the second bedroom, and the boys were all upstairs in the loft, and the parents were in the other bedroom. And then there's a dining room and a kitchen, and that's it. So you bathed outside. They have kind of a little bathtub you can see. Like, they probably boiled the water you bathed the outside you went to the bathroom outside so and there was a fireplace kind of between the two bedrooms of the girls and the parents
1: yeah it is it is country living i mean in in reality it's a nice little plot of land mm-hmm. right so the the house if you haven't seen the video yet again we'll link it in the show notes but the house is sitting a little bit up on the hill and then down below where the ground's a little flatter a little wider they kind of have a pasture right for a horse i think there was a mule out there as well so there is was a, a you know decent um, little bit of land right there and i think mac had mentioned that she was actually born a little bit further up, there was another hauler. No, no,
0: she's born in butcher hauler, but not in that house. Not in that house. It was was
1: up a little bit further. Up
0: a little further, but still in the same hauler. Okay. And yes, so her family were very, what they call substance farmers. So they they live off their own land, and their gardens were a little bit above the house. Yeah, where they got more sun. Where they got more sun. And so they, a lot of corn, right? And so, so basically corn farmer, substance just to live off of, not really to sell. And then Coal Miner at night. Yeah. And we'll stop at the coal mine and we'll talk more about that because this is basically her song, that Oscar winner song. But uh, her parents, Clara Marie and Melvin Theodore, they will move into that house when she's before they have their third child. So when they have eight, the
1: first- Is she the oldest? Or? She's the oldest girl. Okay.
0: So they have a boy and a girl the boy is Melvin and then she's the next one born. And so they move in there and then they'll have the other, other six and Crystal Gale is her sister. And I think Crystal Gale is almost 10 years no, almost 20 years younger than her. Holy cow. So she's born in 1932. Crystal Gale's born in 1951.
1: And I didn't realize, because again, not as familiar with, with country music growing up like, like you were, um, the, the name Loretta Lynn had sounded familiar to me. C- Crystal Gale, I didn't really know as well, but she was pretty big.
0: She's pretty big. She's not as big, but she's pretty big. Yeah. And so to, to a one family to produce two songbirds is pretty remarkable. But it was just amazing to be in that. Pre- to me, I felt just amazing to be in that presence.
1: And and there was people from kind of all walks of life there when we got there, right? So so the people, we weren't the only ones to show up. A lot of times we get to these places a little more off the beaten path. And sometimes we're the only ones, maybe another couple or, or some, someone like that. But there was families, you know, from all over the place, not just from the, the Kentucky area. You know, and then we had, there was there was some uh, there was an Amish family there. We met
0: an Amish family, and they were pretty talkative and interested, yeah. and wanted to talk more history. And they're much more relatable because the the patriarch of that family had twelve kids, right? And so he, I think, he very much related to that country living. But yeah, there were old and young. There were young children there. Be prepared. There is steps. To get up to the porch.
1: Yeah, it is not as like this again privately owned. So this is not like a, a handicap friendly endeavor. It's not handicap.
0: Yeah, so be prepared for the steps. But once you're in, it's all one level. Yeah. You're not allowed to touch anything in the house, and you're not allowed to video anything. So if you watch our video. We do the outside, and we take photographs inside. But we've put the photographs in the video to almost look like they they flow. Yeah. So you can kind of see the the how the bottom looks. And and
1: I give a little bit of the history too. I kind of make it almost a timeline as we're walking through the house. I talk, I, I, I put out a couple callouts about how coal production and coal mining had become much more popular right in the '40s. You know, in in the '30s and '40s, in that era, and it kind of peaked. You know, within the next couple couple decades, so it made sense that in that area, you know, coal mining and coal production was actually a, a big industry out there. Oh
0: yeah, coal was king. Yeah, and I want to emphasize too, if you visit, there's a lot of people whose signatures are all over the downstairs the walls max said he doesn't allow people to do that it's kind of a a holdover from the past when people would visit he says but he can't monitor everything and sometimes people still do it but their signatures all over the walls and you know we of course are here to. we don't want to mess anything up but if you notice in our videos you're probably like what is all of that that's that's people signing and they leave like their date and stuff But some of the things that I really emphasize, you want to see the guitar inside. That's the first guitar. That's
1: her her guitar. That's
0: her guitar. That's the guitar that Dew bought Loretta for her birthday for $17 after she had already had four kids. He wanted to encourage her to sing and she taught herself how to play and she wrote her own songs. And well, I'll talk about that more because she's the first female artist to write a song in country music and have a number one hit yeah. that she wrote. And so the guitar is in there and then the rocking chair is in there.
1: There's a neat story behind that rocking chair that we, we talk about in the video. What was the story behind that rocking chair?
0: That her father spent $2.50 for it and then walked 6 miles there and 6 miles back to get it for his wife to rock the babies.
1: And and we we kind of call it out you mentioned a couple times in the video that coal miners then, you know, specifically her father was only making 25 cents a ton.
0: Yeah, and we don't really say a ton is 2000 pounds. Now, I have had some people say I can I you know, growing up on a farm, I could shovel a ton of corn in about 20, 30 minutes. And I, yeah, corn is pretty light, right? But shoveling a ton of coal would probably take you about an hour. And so if you're doing eight hour days, 25 cents, you're making two bucks a day. And so if, if he's getting that rocking chair, that is like a day of work a little bit more. And then to walk to get it. Yeah. and. So she sings about this in her songs that you know they don't have shoes, and that's a norm. So I have people ask me about that. They only got shoes in the winter, and people were very barefooted. You really only had one or two pairs of clothes growing up, and even then they were hand me downs. It was a it was a hard life. It was a rural life. It, it
1: was a, it was a hard life, but if you think about it, it really wasn't that out of the norm historically. Yes. Now it was, I'd say, it was a little bit behind the times you know, compared to maybe the larger metropolitan areas across the country, across the United States at that time. But people had been living like that for hundreds, if not thousands of years, right? You know, living a substance life, kind of substance farming, like you said. So it wasn't out of the norm. It just was a little bit behind the times of that era. I mean, think about it, 30s and 40s, like she's only got shoes in the wintertime. There's plenty of other places, you know, in in large cities where that is absolutely not the norm.
0: Sure. And- But she emphasizes, and really, when you think about it, this is a lot like Dolly Parton's upbringing as well. Yeah, Dolly Parton's more in the east part of Tennessee, but they're very rurally the same. And they are very close-knit family connections. And so the love and the, the support is strong. And I think that family connection, so that's what we saw a lot of. Mac is a cousin. And still very much emphasize her life and protects the story. Web Groceries owned by the family now. It's very much like this real sense of loyalty and love that you get from, from this basic, authentic rural life.
1: And, and that's really what worked its way into her music.
0: Yes. And so when we talk about her music, I, you have to think what do you do in your spare time in a rural? area like this. You have to create your own entertainment. Really, radios are around, but not as common. And so you learn to play the spoons, you learn to play the harmonica, you learn to play the banjo, you learn to play the guitar, and then you sing and your family sings, and you sing your gospel songs, or you sing your bluegrass, and this is where this all kind of comes from. And even this area of Kentucky is uh, Paintsville, Prestonburg, Pikeville. They call it the country music highway because a lot of famous country music artists are from here, and we didn't even know this. We stumbled upon uh, Chris Stapleton's hometown. And we were in the visitor center of Chris Stapleton's hometown. I think we were in Pikeville. And the visitor uh, center guide was like, oh, Chris comes in here all the time, and Chris does this, and I'm like, Chris who? <laughs> and he's Chris Stapleton. I'm like, he's from here, this is his hometown.
1: And, and, it, and again, to kind of expand the awareness of that part of the country, it's Hatfield-McCoy country. Yes. And we have a future episode coming about that. That was fascinating.
0: So this is like Dwight Yoakam, Patty Loveless, Chris Stapleton, Loretta Lynn, this is where you're getting this real authentic country bluegrass roots of country music. And I didn't even know this existed like this. It was Loretta Lynn that pulled us to this area. But once you get there, there's a lot of country music, like legacy in the area.
1: Now, she got married pretty young, yeah. moved away, and then, and then, like you said, had a couple kids and got started singing in the 50s and really broke out in the 60s.
0: So, she marries at 15 years old in 1948. So, she'll basically leave that cabin and move to a place by Webb Grocery. Now, Webb Grocery is eventually owned by her brother, so it becomes Webb Grocery. Loretta Lynn's maiden name is Webb. But at the time, it wasn't owned by uh, her family, so they move by that store. So when you visit that store, know that that's it, when you see Coal Miner's Daughter. Where is it's Sissy Spacek living with Tommy Lee Jones, who's playing Dew? It's that area. It's that area, and so she's at 15 years old. She marries him, and he's he's 19. So that's not crazy age again, difference of the era. Of the era, and they only knew each other for a month, but they hit it off, and so again. He encourages her. He buys her the guitar. And so it's in the 1950s, uh, 19, late 1950s, early 1960s, she starts playing clubs. She starts doing, they start, you'll see this in Comina's Daughter, they start making a circuit.
1: Yeah, and, and in the movie, I mean, her husband, even though he's not, the doesn't treat her the absolute best, he is the, like, her most and kind of diehard advocate and champion. He really does push her to, to get out there and do this
0: yeah and Loretta Lynn will and this is another I mean I think alcoholism is prominent at the time for men in general but she always said that dudes alcoholism is what causes the biggest problem in their marriage and this is what causes a lot of that uh, turmoil and that volatile relationship but she claims and I stayed in in the video for every hit he gave me I hit him twice so Loretta Lynn stands her ground um but he is her biggest supporter. He really believes in her. He's the one who will get in the car with the kids, take her records from radio station to radio station, get her on the air and pump her music and even while she's touring when she gets more famous, she'll have two she'll have four kids before she becomes famous and then she'll have twins girls after she becomes famous. Do holds the fort at home. She eventually will get a big ranch in Tennessee. And they—that's their home ranch—and they it's always right. invite fans. And people will see the Hurricane Hills Ranch on TV, and that's another right. place where she was very welcoming to people.
1: It's alright. Oh. Yeah, Ooh. you know, it was an interesting thing. I show a couple clips from the movie you know, the coal miners daughter in, in it. And I was trying to look up, there's a scene where she kind of yelling at, at some of her kids. She said, now you guys, you know, you guys be quiet and listen to me sing. And she starts singing a song. Well, I, I was looking up the lyrics of that song. That's not actually, not actually her song, it's an Elvis Presley song.
0: Really? And she was a big fan of Elvis, Course to the South.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's how you learn. You yeah. you learn by singing other people's songs, you're kind of practicing there, and then she starts writing her own.
0: And Patsy Klein was a very close friend and mentor to her. Okay. And then when Patsy dies, it really impacts her. I mean, I will say catapults Loretta because Patsy was, uh, Loretta was writing the coattails of Patsy and then when Patsy dies, Loretta gets pushed to the top. In 1966, her hit You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man made her the first country music female recording artist to write a number one hit. Wow. Wow. So if you think about that song, You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man, what is that about? It's about cheating. It's about you know volatile relationships, which if you read Dolly Parton's story very much a, a pulled over from her parents as well. So I, I'm not saying, again, this is country or anything, but it's something that Loretta Lynn is talking about real life and putting it out there for the public and how do women deal with real life situations. And that song, I mean, and she wrote it, and it becomes a number one hit.
1: Yeah, it, it was... I didn't realize how pivotal she was in country music, really until I started making this video and even honestly, until I started doing some quick research before the podcast Mm -hmm. today. And I think you said she was, I mean, she was one of the first female country music artists, I think, to have a gold album or something like that. And so she really kind of broke through into what was a male-dominated genre for quite some time. And then it was, you know, like you said, Patsy Cline and then Patsy Cline kind of slingshotted her out there and Loretta Lynn just ran with it.
0: Ran with it. So 1966, You you Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man. 1967 is when she becomes the first woman in country music with a gold album for Don't Come Home a-Drinking with Lovin' on Your Mind. Right. Another song about her real-life situation that she's giving women some agency to talk about, which again, Patsy, uh, Patsy, Loretta Lynn, never considered herself a feminist and she really didn't like that term about herself because she she was much more on the conservative side of a woman's role but she really did give women agency to talk about things that women were experiencing at home and these songs that became so popular Again, gold album. First one is really about a woman having to deal with a drunk husband who wants to come home and be amorous when she's having to deal with everything else. So I I give her a lot of credit for that. In 1972, she's named the first woman uh, entertainer of the year for country music, the CMAs. And that's a big that's their big award. So Entertainer of the Year is the big one. Every time when you watch the CMAs, you're waiting at the end, who's Entertainer of the Year? And she's the first woman who gets it, and she gets it in 1972. And what I find remarkable about that is in 1980, she's the only woman to be named Artist of the Decade. So Loretta Lynn has 10 number one albums, 16 number one hits. She wrote more than 160 songs, And she has put out 60 albums. She has three Grammys, seven American Music Awards, 13 Academy of Country Music Awards, and eight CMAs. And then the movie about her life, Coal Miner's Daughter, won the Oscar for best actress for Sissy Spacek.
1: That's, it really was incredible. And it, it's, this was one of those pleasant surprises for me, right? Cause we were in the area. So I knew some of the stuff he wanted to do when we, when we kind of found out it was Hatfield McCoy country. I was like, okay, yeah, that's what we're doing. And then we got out to Loretta Lynn. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, we're out there. I like, I'll just enjoy it because I like getting off to these off the beaten path places. And, For me, it was just neat driving out there in that part of Kentucky because you really do feel like you're driving into that era, and you really get a feel for it. It it was just a—it's a gorgeous part of the country as well. It's absolutely beautiful.
0: It was. It felt like we were driving into history. So once you hit Web Grocery, and you should stop there to get your ticket, and also they have some memorabilia inside. Between Web Grocery and the butcher hollow cabin is the coal mine. So if you want to stop, the coal mine is on the right. It you'll see it off to the right, but you really have to go up the hill, which you went to, to get to the opening.
1: Yeah, they have bars across, have the, bars the, across. the openings now. Yeah. And and they do actually a good job of showing kind of what it would have looked like back then. Yes, because in the coal varsity. mine was
0: built out So they, you got the coal mine, and then they're building logistics, like buildings out to load it into railroad cars, processing Mm -hmm. it
1: from the actual mine.
0: Yes, because you know you have to get the coal onto rail cars to get it out of the area. But these are these are the actually openings to the mines, so you can stand there, and so you get a relative idea of how her father walked to work. And if they walked to the grocery, don't think that they drove to the grocery. Like they walked to the grocery store.
1: Yeah, I think it was about a mile from Butcher Hollow to the coal mine, maybe a mile and a half, and maybe another two miles, maybe ish yeah, from think- from the from the coal mine to Web Grocery.
0: Yeah, I think it's two miles to Web Grocery from the cabin, and about halfway point is the coal mine.
1: Yeah, so it's all relatively close. But there's lots of homes still out there. There's different hollers and hollows that you can go off on into. It was it was just. Sony, neat and it was really fun to learn more about someone who is so pivotal in country music like Loretta Lynn. Well, I was born to call miner's daughter. And there you have it, folks. The incredible journey through the life and times of Loretta Lynn, straight from the heart of Butcher Holler. We Loretta's music wasn't just about lyrics and chords, it was a reflection of real life, a testament to the struggles, triumphs, and everything from a simple butcher-holler home to the bright lights and fame of a Nashville stage. Even today, when we remember Loretta Lynn, we can't help but carry with us the echoes of her timeless melodies, each note resonating with the stories of a bygone era. As we wrap up this episode, take a moment to savor the essence of her music, the twang of the guitars, and the soul-stirring lyrics that have become the soundtrack of so many lives. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And remember, the past may be behind us, but the stories we uncover continue to shape the present and inspire the future. Your support of Talk With History keeps the show growing because we rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day we we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. To complain, there was no need. shit's my